All right, bro. What up? Dude, are we like, we're so good at the technology now. It's unreal. Me and you, baby. And nobody pats us on the back. Before we get to the bunch of topics, and we're going to have to be kind of quick today on the topics. I got a lot to get to, but I want to start with this. Did the Baseball Hall of Fame induction ceremony jump up on you out of nowhere today? Not really. I feel like I've been kind of seeing and hearing about it a lot lately. Yeah, Why? Vegas, You've been Vegas gone in Vegas, dude. I know. I was underwater for like two weeks, but it's so interesting. And it's the reason I'm wearing the Yankees hat to honor the captain because, you know, it's just the shame that his his best friend cannot be there for the induction ceremony. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. I just, love that right there. Just in case you need a little flex back in the day when I had, when I had a career. <laughs> now we're now. Well, I'm still, I still got a career. I'm kidding. So congratulations. I know you guys talked about Jeter last week when I wasn't here, I think, right? Talk about Jeets all the time on these shows. Okay. Did you ever have like a cool Jeter mo? I'm sure you shared it last week when I wasn't here, but like where you were like standing at second base, you're like, that's their Jeter. You know, he, he called people by their first name a lot, even if you were kind of, you know, not established or he did, you know, a superstar, like he was always really cordial with people. So you, like, you appreciate that. It makes you feel really special when Derek Jeter, you know, comes up to you and says, you know, like, Trav, what's up, man? Like nice hit or whatever. Like that's a small, small thing, but you know, but from coming from a guy like Derek Jeter, it means a lot. Hell yes, it does. Yeah. It yeah. Does. It's pretty cool. I, I always liked to interview him. I thought it was, it was something special. You don't get starstruck around too many people when you've been doing this a while, but he's one of those guys where you're like, he just carries himself differently. It's just, it's, it's Brady-esque. It's Jeter. I've never been around Jordan for an extended period of time. Tiger, I've been around a little bit, but so kind of interesting. And that is why I'm wearing the Yankees lid for all you people who are saying company man. I do love my company, but I'm not doing this to suck up to the bosses. Now somebody else on this screen might be doing that. All right, so let's get to it. Blake Snell, another gem. He took another no-hitter, actually a perfect game into the seventh inning. Ended up losing the perfect game on a walk. Ended up losing the no-hitter on a knock and ended up losing the game. Now get this. Snell is just the second pitcher in the last 120 years with 20-plus strikeouts. No more than one hit allowed over a two-appearance span. And he ended up going one and one. Would you rather be in that elite category and split your decisions or go 2-0 and with just, eh, ho-hum starts? Well, on uh, September 8th, I want the 2-0 and with a couple ho-hum starts. Talk to me, you know, April 20th, and I might say, hey, let me, let me get hot here. Let me, <laughs> let, me get some, let me get 13 innings in a row, no hit ball. Blake Snell, let me tell you right now, he's the nastiest pitcher in baseball. I don't know if you kind of went through his start last night. No, I was like, watching it. You're telling if you had right your now, pickup. right now, the way he's throwing the ball, the way he threw the ball last night. Whoever's producing this show, I want I want you to show on the YouTube portion of this. Show it to Phil game. Phil Goslin his first two at bats. The first at bat, he made him swing at an Osby pitch that barely got to the dirt. Like his thing was so sharp last night, it was absolutely falling off of the table. And then the second at bat, because Phil's like, dude, I got to see that pitch way up. I can't, I can't swing at that pitch, you know, that went 50 feet again. Snell cruises a fastball in at 95, and Phil takes it and just has to walk back to the other. I've, I know that feeling that Phil has. And Blake 
made everybody feel like that last night. They were taking some ridiculous swings off his breaking stuff last night. Um, yeah. It's a shame. It's a shame they didn't get the victory because this is an opportune time for the Padres. Uh, yep. Tonight they play the Angels again. After that, Chris, no other teams uh, that they play the rest of the season are under 500. I know. So it Padres got to get it going, but it's it's nice for them to have Musgrove and Snell right now because Darvish hasn't really stepped up since the um, honestly since the sticky stuff enforcement. Got to look out for that. Uh, but Snell. There's not anybody else I'd want in a game right now, win or go home, than Blake Snell. Okay. It's interesting. You know, the criticism, I think, of Blake Snell has always been doesn't give you enough innings in part because his pitch count always gets really high. He's had a high walk rate throughout his career, and I know that's gotten a little bit better at times as he's matured, particularly, obviously, during the, the Cy Young season. But, yeah, he's back to what he was when he won that Cy Young with the Rays. And – that's why I kind of jumped on you a little bit when you said he is the nastiest pitcher in baseball right now. So I'll go, I'll go with you on that. And it was fun to watch, and you're 1,000% right on the timing of the year based on whether or not you want to get in the record <laughs> books or you need to get in the win column because this team needs some Ws. It is slip-sliding away, and it could be ugly over these last three weeks. So we'll see. Um, another return for Albert Pujols in St. Louis. Another home run, just like he did in 2019 with the Halos, his first time back in St. Louis since leaving. Was it emotional for you or just kind of a, yeah, that was a cool moment? I mean, it was a cool moment. He did it. He did it the last time. The first time he went back with the Angels, I believe, uh, yep. 2019, he also did it. Yep. Um, but it was definitely a cool moment. You listen to anybody that was on the field for the Dodgers, I, I went through a couple articles, and everyone was like, man, it's just a surreal moment when he comes up. St. Louis, by the way, great fans. They're always giving those awesome standing ovations. I think that's really cool when players return that they do that. Um, so they set the scene, and then Albert comes through. Uh, the homer there. And and I think Turner said, he's at every home run this guy hits, like, that's history. Like, it's we're watching history in the making. I think that's a really cool perspective to have. Um, we need to appreciate Albert and what he did in St. Louis because it was – I don't think we've seen another – like he was the most dominant right-handed hitter in the game. Maybe the most dominant hitter in the game for what, like a nine, ten-year span there in St. Louis? Like yeah, absolutely I mean, scary stuff. Right. N stuff we've never seen before. There's Correct. You know what? One thing I love about it is that he's doing it with a dad bod. Oh I think it's so awesome. Like seriously, like man, come on over. We're, we're living in L.A. You and I, we could get my trainer, Shannon, will do it probably a two-for-one Groupon if we want to. I, we both got to get back on the train. No? Isn't isn't it crazy? Like, how old is he? 41, 42? 41, I think. Like, in the general world, 42, like, you're, like, still a young dude. Like, yeah. And But, like, when you put Albert Pujols on a baseball field, it looks like a grandpa. He does. It's, it's, it's crazy. Hilarious. Here's the reason why it's a cool moment and nothing more than that. Here's a quote after the game. When it happens, you just let it happen. It's part of the game. Embrace the moment, but try not to get caught up too much. That's from Albert Pujols, which to me is, I have to be honest with you, and you're allowed to feel any way you want. I mean, he's had an amazing first ballot, Hall of Fame, top five hitter in the history of the sport career, in my opinion. I always ask the question, when Jeter was retiring in 2014, if he had the ability to enjoy it, during the 20-year run like did he have time to step back and say god this was pretty cool because he was so focused on that day and that win and that's it 
can't you sit back a little bit and appreciate, like, damn, I'm almost at 680 homers, bro. This is pretty cool. You know, if he was on the Angels, he could. But he has no time. I mean, the Dodgers are just right in the thick of it. I think that's kind of what it is. He, he wants to be in that, like, playoff mode. What, what is uh, LeBron does, like, you know, zero dark, he, yeah, 30. He goes dark. Or, he goes dark on social media. Maybe Pulis is getting into that mindset, you know. Maybe, but I think it does, there has to be a balance. I think if anything that the pandemic yeah. taught us is that we have to appreciate today. We yeah. have to. And, and maybe that's what has separated Albert into the Albert category is because he has been the machine, right, for 20 years. And I respect it. I understand it. I just don't want him to allow the moment to pass him by and be like, because those guys, they seemingly adore him. Yeah. And I didn't know if it was going to work out. It has. It really has. So it's been pretty cool. More baseball today coming your way in a second, but first we got breaking news. Tops recently announced the upcoming release of the 2021 Tops MLB Inception NFT collection. That's right, it's inspired by the popular Tops Inception baseball physical product, and these are going to be available September 9th at 1 o'clock Eastern exclusively on TopsNFTs.com. The collection celebrates baseball's promising young stars from breakout rookies to veteran mainstays. Also introduces the New Beginnings, which is a set that celebrates both new and familiar faces in new places. So when the sale goes live, that's Thursday, September 9th, you can purchase five-card standard packs and 25-card premium packs via credit card with NFT card rarities ranging from common to legendary. The collection also includes iconic tops, card designs, motion animations, facsimile signatures, digital relic content, and more in bold artistic style. So that is Thursday, September 9th, 1 p.m. Eastern, only on TopsNFTs.com. All right, uh, quickly on this one. DeGrom's ligament issue appears to be healed. He is healed! So says Sandy Alderson. We don't know exactly what it means. It means that he could be back out of bound by mid-September. Should the Mets just shut him down, say, see in 2022? No way. I mean, like, if he's, if he's healed, he's got to be on the mound. I mean, that would – you want the Mets – you want me to say the Mets aren't dead? The only way I'm going to say that is if Jacob deGrom comes back and is <laughs> Jacob deGrom. <laughs> There's the baseball god. Hallelujah. Yeah, exactly. That's what he brings. And if he's healed, I mean, like, he wants to be out there. Obviously, every – person you know in Mets world wants him out there so right in the playoff race you gotta go and the Mets have to win someone one of their beat writers said they have 20 games left or 24 games left and they said they got to win 18 of them so you want to do that you want to go on that type of run you need Jacob DeGrom interesting very interesting um as long as he can't damage it any further I'm in. Well, if it's healthy, what do you – Do you really think, like – first of all, are you going to believe everything that comes out of a Mets executive's mouth these days? I want to hear it from Jacob DeGrom. Yes, that's, yeah, that's a good right. point. He's too busy running away from the media. Did you see that the <laughs> other day when he when he uh, hurdled a, a wall and ran away? He's smirking. That's great. Um, all right, bigger story out of the Bronx last night. Marcus Simeon just continuing to kill it, and the Jays have won six straight, and they're two out of the wild card chase. Or Garrett Cole leaves the game with a bad hammy, and the Yanks have dropped eight of ten since the 13-game winning streak. It's, I mean, I love Marcus Simeon. I want to talk about him as much as possible on this show. But, I mean, obviously it's the Cole news. 
Shout out T. Hearn in the chat. Got to say what's up to him. But the co- you can say whatever you want about a hamstring. Oh, we caught it early. Like in my experience with soft tissue stuff, and I've had a ton of it, every dang muscle I pulled, Chris, you can catch it early. But all that means is you still you have to let it heal. Like if you go out there and you say, oh, I just felt it tighten up just a bit. And then you go out there in five days and exert the same amount of energy on it uh-huh. and stress on it. Like chances are like you're probably going to really feel the big grab then. So like maybe it won't be maybe it won't be 14 days like it typically would be. Maybe it'll only be seven, like give it a week's rest. But like he's going to have to give this some time. That's, and, and, and for the Yankees and where they're at, he's been their stopper, their ace, their, their guy that gets them uh-huh. back into the win column. I mean, that's a huge, huge loss for them uh, right now in the season. Blue Jays, I'm on board with you, baby. Let's go. And by the way, do you know that Marcus Simeon leads all of baseball in war? Position players, yes. Position players. Pretty damn good, right? He's got 38 homers. He's got 35 doubles. I know his OPS is like 140 points lower than Vlad, and so I was kicking it around. Is he, is he going to finish higher in the MVP voting than Vlad? He's not going to. But he has just had such a good year, and I'm happy for those guys. I don't think we've made a big enough story about how that team has been yanked from city to city over the last two seasons. They managed to make it as the eighth seed a year ago. They've been in contention this season. To me, it's impressive. Remember, they started the year playing their home games in Dunedin. I know, they moved dude. to Buffalo, and then they moved to Toronto in the middle of the summer. Like, if that's any other team, we're all like, Jesus. And you guys are in contention. Charlie Montoya must be a hell of a manager, and those guys must all be able to just follow in line. Good for them. I think that's it's a great story. It's a great perspective right there. Like, the moving is no joke. Like hell that, yeah. Moving twice, having to play at your spring training facility, then your AAA facility, like, that means, I mean, that's that wears on you. And, and well, now that they're home, they're comfortable, they're killing it. I know. It, what would have happened if they were in Toronto the whole year? It's essentially like getting traded twice in a year. <laughs> so, there you go. All right. Alex Bregman last night. Two-run shot to tie it up in the ninth against the Mariners. Carlos Correa with a walk-off knock an inning later. Do you think that Carlos Correa is underappreciated because of the cheating scandal and the venom that the most of the baseball community sends his way? No, he's not underappreciated. He's, you don't think so? He's, not, he's probably not liked enough, and some of that's by his fault. Like, everybody knows how good Carlos Correa is. He's going he's gonna to sign a contract that has nine digits in it and start with a three. Like, Ooh. he's going to get $300 million in the offseason. Barring... I- as long as the CBA negotiations go right. well, if everything's fine, Carlos Gray is going to get $300 million freaking dollars. He's not underappreciated to anybody that looks at any numbers or actually pays attention to the game. He's not liked as much as he was, and none of those Houston Astros are. You know, and that's a shame because these guys are really good ball players. They can be really fun, but now every time they do something, everyone looks at it kind of with a side eye, saying, I don't know, what's, what's legit, what's not legit? Um, but I don't think he's underappreciated. I mean, he's a damn good ball player. I mean, he is, he is scary, and he's going to be scary in the postseason for them again. When that dude That's gets insane, in the man. postseason, whew. Yeah. No, I think that – I think Correa is um, – I think he is underappreciated. I think he really is. Uh, you look at his numbers just year after year, as long as he's healthy, he puts up great numbers. I think he is 
second to Simeon American League position players in war. And when you get to the end of September and October, there are a few guys you would rather have up at the dish, and everybody can make their trash throws jokes. You're welcome to do it. I'm not going to judge you on it because it happened. They have to live with that scarlet letter on their resume the rest of their careers. But the guy is damn good. He is awesome. And I don't think that enough people think of that because the first thing you're always going to think of is 2017 and him being the face of that, him talking back to Cody Bellinger in spring, him talking, saying, you know what? we crazy. Right? I mean, he is – it's he and Altuve that are the faces of that whole thing. (laughs) That Ken Rosenthal interview has got to go down as one of the greatest interviews of all time in sports. It it was – I thought it was like a WWE promo. I really did. Exactly. I thought one of the guys was cutting a promo. It was great. All right. Hey, Chris. Yeah. Let me tell you who underappreciates him the most. His own team, they offered him six years, $120 million. That's about half of what the guy's going to get. No, yeah. Less than half. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think he's going to get a huge amount of money. And then it'll be fascinating if he leaves Houston. The, what the introductory press conference is going to sound like. because he, He's kind of must-watch. Oh, absolutely. He totally is. <laughs> right? He totally is. And I'll give the guy credit. He does. He is Teflon. He doesn't let any of this shit bother him. I agree That's with remarkable. that. Like, he's, not, he's not acting like a villain. Like, he's playing the villain, and he embraces that. Oh. He's been special. He is, he's total heel. Last one. What was your reaction to the cinnamon toast crunch down there in Miami behind home plate? I had to make sure no one I had to make sure <laughs> make sure no one spiked my tea, Chris. Ah. That's hallucinogenic type stuff. What 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 was that? Was that a Marlins thing or did somebody bring that costume it, in? It had to be a Marlins thing because there's no way. It had to be a team thing. Because how in the world do you let somebody get away with that kind of marketing? By just sitting, nobody even approached him. I don't think. Was it like a fake cinnamon toast crunch, or is that like their logo? I'm, I'm now. I'm, I'm curious about. Oh, that. you don't know if that's the generic brand of cinnamon toast crunch. Could be the bagged kind, not the box kind. Yeah. Were you a cereal kid? Did you like oh, cereal? Big time, big time. Yeah. What did you have a go to? Hmm. Uh, shoot, I used to like this stuff my grandparents had called Cracklin Oat Bran. Yes. You know Still it? have it. I love that. People like don't appreciate that cereal, but it's really good. Yeah. When I was a little kid, there was a Golden Grams commercial. Go, do you remember Golden Grams? So I love the taste, but also I was like, I had like, I was smitten for a girl, a young girl that was on the uh, Golden. Yeah. Because she looked like a girl I had a crush on. I was like, mm. I think that's her. You've always been a ladies man. Always. Not really. I finished really strong. Wasn't pretty getting there. <laughs> you know what I mean. Love you. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do you have coming up on John Boy? Uh, we premiered Talking Baseball episode. Uh, it's on our YouTube page right now. Uh, tomorrow, another episode of Sequence. All that good stuff. I got my first Little League practice tonight, so I got to get ready for that. Oh, that's exciting. What very, you got? very good. Um, so, Miguel Rojas still out. I taped Lucas Giolito yesterday, and it was hilarious. He took us through all the inner workings of the Field of Dream stuff. Just when you thought you had heard it all, he actually takes us inside the clubhouse, what it was like, because he hadn't heard much about it. Like, I didn't even know if there were toilets, showers. Remember, those are tents that are put up in the middle of a cornfield. 
but he's talking about his entire day there uh, as a guy who did not have to pitch, except for a bullpen that he threw, which he called the scariest bullpen he's ever thrown. Whoa. Yeah, he's going to explain why. So that's coming up on Thursday's release. Uh, and then tonight I've got my fantasy football draft, which nobody will really care about. But everybody thinks because I work in the NFL world, I'm good at that. I've made the playoffs one time. <laughs> one in time with my family in 10 years. My kids whoop my ass in that. <laughs> You're so too busy. Got, you have too many jobs. I got the fourth overall pick in a half-point PPR league. So I'm, I'm That's actually a really tough pick. Oh, maybe it's it, not because you have the – we'll talk about this later. Offline? I know. Dalvin Cook's gone. McCaffrey's gone. And then it's either Kamara or Henry. And in a half-point PPR, I don't know. We'll see. All right, dude. Listen, we're back at it again tomorrow, 1130 Eastern, 830 AM Pacific. I cannot wait. Have a wonderful day. Everybody stay safe out there. Tip of the cap to the captain, Larry Walker, Ted Simmons, and the late Marvin Miller. See you tomorrow, guys. Let us see, Rosie.